Good afternoon. second edition of episode of bear with me i know a lot of bear fans look we're in the first quarter just stick with me i know a lot of you are pissed off i'm upset i'm frustrated but we're about to turn this thing around we're about to turn it around and, and, and it's my job to keep you all motivated plugged in uh keep the vision of having a successful season we waited for this all summer so don't jump off the ship just yet you know get like give us some time to to come together and 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 coming to, fluid, to fluidity and, and, and get ready to give us something that we've been cheering for and yearning for all summer. So today we got a special guest, uh, a seventh round draft pick from 2010, 218th that uh, we selected. Hey, he was phenomenal. And he's back. Mr. Jamarcus Ware, what's going on, my guy? Hey, what's going on? Thank you for having me today. Um, bear with hey, me. How are you today, good. sir? All right. Look, we're, we're, we're glad to have you, Jamarcus. So, look, just, just feel the, the Bear family in as to, you know, when you were selected back in 2010, uh, how did that day change your life? Yeah. Uh, it changed my life for the better. Uh, it changed my life in a way that is, you know, incomprehensible. I, uh, to this day, it's still, a it, it blows my mind that uh, it's been this many years uh, since I originally began in Chicago, but the journey uh, was, uh, is, is something that I get a chance to really smile, smile at right now. And, um, you know, I get a chance to segue into and transition into a life that I could have only dreamed of, and that is with helping people. Uh, back in 2010, it was, uh, you know, I was 21 years old uh, at the time, and so a lot of new things happening. The city was very live. You know, the Blackhawks were winning, you know, Stanley Cups. Uh, the Bulls were doing their thing. Uh, you know, uh, the Cubs and the White Sox, obviously phenomenal organizations, and uh, we were a premier football team. And we, we played like it and everyone acted like it. And as you know, uh, you know, we we had a chance to uh, have some fun with the fans at that particular time. That's awesome, because think about this. When you came 2010, I think that year y'all went 11 and 5 and, and that was on the lovey. So how, how did lovey really inspire you, you know, as, as a Christian, as a de, de, devoted leader? You know, how did, how did Lovey really just get you get you fired up to, to want to go out and have a successful career starting back then? Well, it was really managing our own time, allowing us to be the men that we were. And, you know, uh, whether it was from treatment to, to recovery to, you know, uh, getting in the film room to uh, preparation for the day 
or even in the off season with uh, the workouts and the running or whatever the case, you know, it's just, it's, it's that 1% better uh, mentality. And um, there was so much energy uh, in terms of uh, the wisdom coming from uh, that being practiced, uh, you know, from some of the great players that, that were there when I was, when I was playing. You know what? That's awesome. Cause, cause now I'm getting ready to segue this thing, Jamar. Cause everything you just said, when you look at 2010, and now let's fast forward to 13 years later in 2023, and you see a young bear squad that had so much potential this past <clears throat> training camp summer had had the fan base just ecstatic. You know, even me, I I, I predicted them ceiling to be around 15 to do in Florida, to be around 12 and five, because, you know, ultimately I'm looking at everything, even though I knew it was going to be a work in progress, but I still believe, and I still believe right now, you know, that they can turn things around as we stand four and three going into this weekend against the Denver Broncos. When you look at back then in 2010 with, with, with the team you all had, and now you fast forward to, to 2023, like, what are some of the things that you're seeing that and, – and, and we can go from the offensive line perspective. You know, first of all, I, I want to know who you think on the line has been stellar and been a surprise to this point, and, and what do you see we can do moving forward to have more success? Uh, you know, I got to love on my offensive line, first of all. You know, <laughs> like I got to – I have to – after playing that position and knowing that the versatility is uh, it's going to happen no matter what who the player is. A lot of times we as players, you know, we want to say that we're a tackle, we're a guard, we're a center. But, you know, at the end of the day, we all they all have to be versatile. And, uh, you know, a lot of times that takes time. And so you can't, like you described, jump ship especially when in my own career, I've had a situation where I was on a team, uh, I guess, you know, we'll go ahead and shout out uh, on the Colts in 18, when that team went from one and five to a playoff team. And so it's, it's not never too late. <laughs> you can't give up the fight now. And so, uh, you know, a lot of injuries happen uh, quickly. Uh, <laughs> you know, from my perspective, you know, the NFL, it's like, like you described the first quarter, all the injuries happen because uh, everyone's hyped. Everyone's coming out the gate swinging and you don't want to be Owen, whatever you don't want to be one in five. You don't want, but that, you know, in terms of quarters, it's like, it's never how you start. It's always how you finish Correct. as long as you, you know, and even pl myself playing, you know, it's like early on in the game, you just got to settle down, poise and the noise. We're in a hostile environment at all times. Right. And you have to be poised. You know, you don't you don't rush into, you know, attacking the individual in the first quarter. Yes, you, you strategically implement imposing your will, but you do that all game consistently. And that is all that, um, you know, um, that will help. Uh, moving forward is is those guys playing together consistently, communicating consistently. Now, I'm not going to say that it's not possible. You know, there are studs out there. For instance, uh, you know, Darnell Wright, the right tackle, is, you know, finding a way to impose your will in the run game uh, and, you know, uh, 
taking it in stride and tackle, <laughs> you know, in the National Football League. It's like transition, uh, you know, transitioning uh, from defensive fronts to different guys' speeds to, to, to different players across from you. It's like <sighs> uh, we, we want those things to come right now, but uh, in time he will slow his feet, he'll slow his eyes. Right, it'll communicate properly, and, and and there you will find yet another uh, phenomenal player. But in terms of the offensive line continuity, you know, with 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 young guys, with different guys switching around, it's like, and it's about you know the locker room, right? Always, right. you know, it's always about who's in there, putting in the work daily for one another. Because that is ultimately what these guys are <laughs> there to do, and that is to love on one another. So think about this. You just you just made a, a phenomenal point, Jamarcus. Think about in 2010, you played with Jay Cutler. Like, who were some of the leaders in that locker room that that really galvanized the troops, that really inspired, motivated when, when things were going bad, when, when things were in disarray? Because ultimately, now you know, if you look at the Bears roster, it's relatively young. And like 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 I tell people, like Justin, he isn't a rah-rah guy. He 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 inspires and motivates with his performance. DJ Moore is not a rah-rah guy. He he inspires and motivates with his performance. But like who did y'all have in the locker room that, that really galvanized the troops? Cause see, that, that's why people think I'm crazy because yeah. I've been the one that, that's always motivated and inspired and galvanized the troops and, and got everybody fired up, regardless of the chaos, regardless of, of, of what was going on around and always find a strategic solution to overcome the issue and get the results that we're seeking. So during your playing tenure, who, who was that one or two guys that really just pulled you all together and said, look, regardless of the adversity, we're going to band together as men, as brothers, and find a way to come up out this foxhole and get the results that we've worked hard all week and all summer to get. The beautiful thing, I believe, on that team that I was on that year, every single week, no matter what the adversity, it was always someone different preaching some of the same things that the others were preaching, and that is sticking together, uh, you know, uh, knowing that, uh, you give it your all because that man next to you is doing the same. I mean, that was, uh, and, and at the time, like I described, I was a young man. I, I was literally trying to, uh, you know, not only endure and withstand, obviously, the different things like the cold. <laughs> we forget those things. But the grind, enjoying the grind. Enjoying the grind because we get to do those things, right? We get to go out there and play with one another and uh, and and play this game at a at a high level. And so, uh, you know, I can just start naming off so many different names. Obviously, I'm gonna start with my my old heads, uh, Roberto Garza and Olin Krutz. You know, the, at, at that particular time, Garza was at guard, Olin was at center. And I was a young tackle out there, literally watching things just crisscross, trying to figure out which one to get. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
I settled in and, uh, you know, I was going against someone like Julius Peppers. I mean, every day in practice. So actually all these, you know, these guys I was going against, it was more like, well, they're not him. So, you know, you should, you know, at least put your hands on him a little bit. <laughs> it's a, it's a bit but Peanut Tillman and uh, Lance Briggs, Erlacher, and I had Devin Hester on the team, you know, Matt Forte, uh, you know, just the, the t- not only the talent, but the watching these men work was one of the, one of the coolest things. And I'm talking about just being free doing it because they prepared. (laughs) They prepared to win. You know, and when we lost, we just looked at each other like, ah, well, they got us today, guys. And then what did we do? We we erased that and prepared to win the next one. But you you know, so Jamarcus, in today's time, when you think about that, when, when, when you get your behind kicked royally, like like me, I, I could do an immediate brain dump, go back, watch film, look at the details, and say, look, this is what we need to do to be prepared for the for, for right. the next game. Like, like how, how do you make that transition to the point where it doesn't hinder you but also attack your mental psyche and, and, and have you in a thought process where week in, week out, Regardless of who the opponent is, we're going to lose. <clears throat> you know, um, it's just believing in the process. You know, the beautiful thing about when they when they decide to make that fifty three man roster. You know, uh, it is our it is the the professional athlete's duty to. Tighten down the hatch. This is us. This is all we got. This is all we need, right? And so that's believing every single week that every single practice, every single moment that they put time and effort into working their trades, they they continue to believe and have that faith in one another. Um, you know, sometimes guys have bad days. <laughs> sometimes sometimes injuries become uh, you know a threat, but can't allow those things to to bring you down you know all i'm saying is uh um you know we talked about the locker room and how guys may or may not be rah-rah guys it's it's the fact that they're present it's the fact that they are you know actively seeking the knowledge right competing against one another in practice and competing against that team every single Sunday to the point where, you know, they, they, they get one and then two and then three and then four. Uh, you know, I've been on some, uh, uh, some rebuilding team. They, they call it rebuilding teams. I've been on some rebuilding yeah. teams, <laughs> yeah. you know, and th- this, that's not what this is at all. Um, and so, you know, if, if I were able to get in the building, of course, I would I would love on the offensive line coach, uh, Coach Morgan. Oh, yeah, Simo. Uh, yeah. And, 
and then obviously get a chance to uh, talk with some of the guys a little bit, you know, about what that long haul looks like in this now 17, 18 game season. Right. Right. So, and it's and, exactly- and, and Marcus, you mentioned that because, like, look, uh, and, and we're going to talk about that a little later in the show about uh, what you're currently doing right now. Uh, one of the viewers asked, he said, um, when Aaron Rodgers had the uh, Achilles tear, did it hurt? Because it didn't look like he was in pain. From when you observed that, and based off what you're doing right now, what, what would be your response to that? Uh, my response would be that, uh, you know, he uh, was in a big time game, you know, so his adrenaline's pumping, you know, so yeah. Uh, and then uh, we're, we, um, we practice not showing emotion in different times. You know, we know that the camera's on us <laughs> a lot of times. So it's like, uh, you know, not giving an, you know, that's actually a competitive thing, I believe. It's, 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 it shows his, uh, his strength in this, in this uh, tenacity as a competitor uh, in the effect that something bad happened. It's like, no, we're going to get through this, you know, this too shall pass kind of thing. Uh, you know, I, I hate to see that uh, you get hurt on On a, on a, you know, running around, um, and I've actually had a situation where uh, I wasn't receiving any contact, and I have torn something, and that's really just sometimes <laughs> it's from overuse. <laughs> sometimes it's from uh, not allowing it to fully heal. You know, who knows? Right. Who knows? Um, but that's unfortunate. Uh, but I have personally battled back in a bunch of different ways, especially with different therapies and modalities. And those things now allow me to, you know, um, stand tall and, uh, and move around like even better than I was when I was younger. And it clearly shows. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Jamar, because we had this conversation um, at the alumni dinner and also um, uh, during week one against Green Bay. You play with Jay Cutler. Do you see any correlation between Jay Cutler as far as athleticism, athleticism as far as um, the ability to conceptualize with Justin Fields? Like, like what, what correlation do you see between Jay and Justin and, and, and how do you think a lot of that can start transitioning to some wins in the current day status? Um, I mean, you're playing for one of the best organizations in the league, you know, as a, as the franchise quarterback, you know, they, they want to, they want the big plays and they've, they've had them, which is what, you know, what you see Justin do a lot of times when he's running the ball, it's like, you know what? I'm here to win. You can feel it, uh, and um, just because certain time, you know, certain things don't translate to wins, you know, you know, you didn't win the battle, but there's still a war out there. We got we got eight, you know, seventeen of these things. So, <laughs> uh, you know, 
that's how I feel now. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's being patient with the targets that you have in front of you. You know, I remember the different, uh, receivers that, uh, that we had back then, they were all phenomenal, but you know, you know, injury is always around the corner for all of us. It's a hundred percent injury rate. Let's not <laughs> let's not forget these things. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. that's the reason why I asked that, Jamar, like everybody rag on Jay for when he hurt his uh, ACL in the championship game. Well, I was at the Kansas City game and I saw Justin kind of woozy. DJ Moore grabbed him, you know, to to take him off the field. Look, you know, you would have thought he got concussed, but then the coaches put him back out there. So. From your perspective, from your point of view, um, one, based off of the shots that Justin had taken, do you think it was malpractice for the coaching staff to put him back out there without, you know, probably getting the green light that he was okay? Because first and foremost, to me, health is more important than anything in this game, as, as, as you and I discuss all the time. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, from the football player's perspective, uh, as a competitor, I, I always want to leave everything on the field, and I did. So uh, what I believe is that they asked the green light, and the green light was from him personally. Uh, to answer your question, though, health is the most important thing. And uh, I believe that they are doing a wonderful job in evaluating these players uh, and taking the time to implement some of the things that are necessary. Uh, do I uh, believe that uh, <laughs> uh, there are some things that can also help? Yes. Uh, um, but I'm, I'm not in that position to necessarily, you know, um, speak on uh, things that have to do with the brain, right? Now, I, I do things with the body uh, and an elite movement modality uh, that I believe um, uh, helps with uh, revitalizing, re-energizing, and restoring some of the healing aspects so that we naturally uh, get back to our natural, you know, <clears throat> selves through uh, hydration, sleep, diet, exercise, stretching, and hygiene. Uh, but uh, those professional athletes do those things on a regular basis. And so a lot of times as a competitor, you know, you, you want to leave it all out there. So I do believe that that was what happened. I'm not sure I wasn't there. <laughs> uh, but moving forward, you know, uh, you know, I, I would uh, just how therapy has become a, a normal thing in today's world. I also believe that uh, since there are different therapies that one can integrate, uh, you know, actually describing what's going on with the body instead of hiding it, right? We always try and overcompensate or say that, I, oh, I can deal with this too. But, you know, when that compounds, <laughs> the little things become big things. Right. 
So let me ask you this, Jamal. As, as a left tackle, you, you, you protected uh, Jay's blind spot. From your perspective, from a from a cerebral perspective. Okay. Let's fast forward now to, to Justin. How do you feel that, okay, when Justin drops back, how can he scan the field to get better vision? And, and again, I, I know a laptop, but he blocking to ensure that that defensive end is not bearing down on him. What, what would you say? That, so, man, that's tough because. To get know, wide receivers, to see these wide receivers, to get open, what, what, what would you recommend? For Justin to do to to be able to really just see the field better uh, and, and and get the ball to his playmakers and, and I know a lot of it is scheming and a lot of it is concepts from the uh, offensive coordinator but a lot of it also is the ability for the line to block as well and allow him to process but when he does get the opportunity to process what do you think some things that he can do to be able to get the ball to his playmakers so that they can get some yards out the catch and keep the chains moving. Um. Uh, okay. Uh, without <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to how to say this without like because I'm not a quarterback, obviously. Okay, it is just how you're in a car and you're driving on on the freeway. You want to advance, right? So just how an offense, an offensive ball, we want to advance. So it's like okay, when we get to that back foot, we want to step up into a and that's where the offensive line has to be very firm with their their fundamentals and their techniques obviously every single time to give a uh, uh, give what we describe as a pocket the ability for it to be a pocket and allow the tackles to be athletic you know uh, when I when I got into Obviously, playing professionally—that's what it—that's what the game was. Obviously, it's changed a little bit, but it is about holding a firm line in the sand, right, and, and being able to communicate. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, <laughs> oh man, there was a moment when I was a rookie. I, I just remembered this right now. It was a moment when I was a rookie. I, I it was getting cold. And the temperature change allowed me to lose my voice. And it was like a week before we had, I don't even know who we were playing, but I just remember I couldn't scream. And they were doing all different kinds of movement on defense. And I was getting just wailed on by my by my veterans about how I have to communicate. <laughs> you know, you're a starter, you need to yell, you need to describe things, right? And so that communication is key for the offensive line. Uh, in terms of, yeah, like I was describing, it's just getting back, getting set, and then advancing the pocket, moving that pocket. Because, you know, once the offensive line, you know, feels the, you know, a lot of times when those guys get uh, older, they'll start to really pay attention to those defensive linemen and how, because where their eyes are at, obviously, and those eyes will tell you where he is, you know, in the pocket, instead of looking us, a lot of times we're also looking downfield to see if the ball's thrown to then obviously get to the ball. So, you know, all that is in timing. The routes, the offensive line's cadence, with the play call, uh, with obviously advancing the ball. So, um, you know, 
I, I believe that that is exactly what they're doing. Um, you know, Coach Eberflus was my defensive coordinator uh, both times when I was at the Colts when we went to the playoffs. And I have all the confidence uh, in his ability to um, get these guys going. Okay, look, see, now you just opened up a can of worms. So you said he was your defensive coordinator when you were with the coach. So what is it that you saw when you were with the coach that would give you any thought, belief, that he is the man for the job, but also <laughs> can, can turn around what it's like? That's great. Like, like Jamar, we lost. Last year we lost 10 straight, and so far this year, that's 13 games. And, and the defense alone has given up 25 points a game. So so by you saying that, from a concept perspective, like you you got you got actual experience with, with the flus. What is it from when you were with the coach that you that you saw that will carry over now to current day? Because I'm gonna be honest, with that cover two defense, if you don't have a three technique, it's not gonna work. Like, 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 you gotta have someone that can dent the pocket, and not, <laughs> and like not be back there reading the Wall Street Journal, drinking coffee, you know, and, and calling his kids, and then throwing no look. Like, like, I, I'm I'm real big on man press. I, like, like, and I know you gotta have the personnel to run these different schemes. But what is it? Let's be honest now. Give me, give me yeah. an assessment of what you saw. It's about personnel. What you saw, it's all about personnel. Right now, Matt Eberflus is 3-17 and 17 as a head coach. Man, like, like that's beyond atrocious. Like, like and, and I'm a realist. I, I can't go into a board meeting and tell my staff that, oh, things are going to be all right. The economy's falling, but things are going to be all right. No, we got inflation. We got the, the cost of houses is through the roof. You know, like, like at the end of the day, like I'm a realist as to what the situation is at hand, and then I, I sit down and assess and put together a realistic approach of how to mitigate, rectify, or fix. Like you tell me from what you saw during your time in Annapolis, that should give me hope that we got the right person in charge to turn this thing around. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I thought. <laughs> Man, I am not a controversial individual. Now, you know I it, am going to love. I, I, I'm not either. I'm a realist. And sometimes Man. I'm a little far-fetched in my forecast and my prediction, but, but because I just believe on an astronomical sense of things that we can control to get better, we'll get better. But when I got a, a defense that's playing like Pop Warner, come on now, we, we went and spent a lot of money on linebackers when realistically, now I'm starting to look, should we have kept Roquan Smith and invested that money in a defensive? Like, it, and I know hindsight is, is 2020, but if you're going to run a defense that Lovey Smith pretty much put his stamp of approval on and it was successful because we had my little bro Tommy Harris at the three technique, if you don't like, if, if that's the type of defense we're gonna run, you gotta have the personnel to run it. That's all I'm saying. If if not, I'm then we gotta tweak, and, and we got like 
you you you, you got you got to put things in place to set your team up for success. And right now, mm-hmm. what we're running, that's not setting the defense up for success. I'm gonna just be honest. We don't have we don't have a dominant edge rusher, so we got one sack, Jamarcus, and three games. Like, come on now. Like, like to me, that not only is that a recipe for disaster, but also that that's almost a recipe for termination. And and, and because it's not getting any better. A quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, he shows you in the first half, he carved that defense up like a, a Thanksgiving turkey. Baker Mayfield carved it up. Even Jordan Love carved it up. So now we got Russell coming to town, <laughs> followed by uh, Sam Howell with the command. And, and, and these are all winnable games, followed by Kirk Cousins. But all the teams that we're playing, either they got a a quarterback that, that is, is not realistically at, at Justin's level, or they got a defense like the Broncos this weekend that gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. So when I see that, I'm like, look, the Dolphins rushed for 300 yards. Man, I'm going 12 personnel, and I'm going to pound them. I'm going to – look, I'm going to control the time of possession – because think about it. Did you like going downhill or did you like retreat to play at pass block? Especially <clears throat> the, uh, the other team, for the most part, uh, had a better uh, offensive uh, concept and talent than you had. So wh- which, which way did you prefer? Did you want to just pass block retreat or did you want to go down here and, and punch somebody in the face? <laughs> the game has evolved. Uh, a lot of times for the better. Right. But when I got into the league, it was a run NFL. If you could not run the ball, you weren't going to win no games. And you sure were not going to make it to the playoffs. And so uh, having, you know, I have to I have to love on my offensive line. And then I have to also, you know, <clears throat> uh, put it on them as well. Because at the end of the day, the offensive line are the other leaders of the team. They're the engine. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like that's how I always felt as a player. And uh, that's how I feel now. It is They are the engine. So um, I would want to put all, put all my energy in that because it's like that is exactly what allowed – those wins that I experienced there to happen. And that was the attention to detail that came to defensive fronts, to setting the tone, to even if it was a play calling, it was, we still had to execute, right? And so offensively, uh, you know, I've seen some big plays by their offense. And so it's not like it doesn't happen. (laughs) The accountability definitely has to reign within um, but yeah, I'm not going to, I don't get into the, the, the deep, dark depths of what coaches need to be doing. I'm a, I'm a coach right now with the body. And so it's like, I'm like, Hey, whoa, <laughs> we're all human here. But, uh, you know, yes, it's still, uh, Time is just an interesting thing. You know, you talk about three and seventeen. Now, yes, 
Yes. I have not experienced that. <laughs> I have not experienced that. And, and, and that's my point exactly because Chicago's a great city. The fans are a great fan base. Yes. They travel well. They travel well. Yes. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? So I when do. you feel like you're getting a product that's not giving you a return on investment, then it does become demoralizing. But, but I'm going to ask you the question because Braxton Jones, the, the young left tackle, he's in his second year out of Southern Utah. He pretty much has traveled the same path as you. Like, what what's some advice that you would give him to not – and he's hurt right now. His neck is hurt. What, what What's some advice would you recommend to him to, to not only get better at his craft but become a stalwart at the position – and, and, and continue to anchor down that left side far below. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's taking care of the body. It is a, it is a key, you're right. It is it is taking care of the body. That's one of the things that I um, I actually got a, a very wonderful glimpse of it when I was a rookie. And it was a beautiful thing to see those veteran guys taking care of their bodies in, in ways. Uh, and I didn't uh, take on that that routine or thought process until later on in my career. And uh, probably right around uh, year six, actually. No, year, right before year five, actually. Uh, 2015 was when I decided to... <clears throat> Uh, not only did I uh, get through uh, leaving Kansas City and going to Minnesota for a short stint, but then I uh, re- reunited with my offensive line coach, Tice, in, uh, in, in Oakland. But what I did was I changed my whole perspective of how I took care of my body, how much sleep, how much hydration, how much stretching, how much exercise and the exercise really became uh, uh, it's uh, you know, they, they describe it as, well, it could be high performance interval training, circuit interval circuit training, whatever, you know. Uh, but anyway, him, him taking care of his body is the most important thing. And then that, that rubs off on the other blind men on how to, you know, being the example is what I'm getting at. Uh, right. And I was that in a, in most of my locker rooms, uh, you know, I've always had this tall build, kind of slim build. Not I say slim. I was 350 when I was at the Bears. <laughs> I was way bigger, huge. Right. But um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's taking care of the body and really if I were to, you know, give them a solid, you know, there's uh, there's muscles in the low back, muscles in the in the glutes that have to be loosened daily, every other day, and those things will help those linemen. But you know, and that's one of the reasons why now the work that I do is is diving into that education for some of these athletes, for some of these professionals. Uh, and that education will not only, you know, keep them now, but keep them, you know, even after the game. 
Right. And we're going to talk about that here shortly, uh, Jamarcus. But before we transition to what you're currently doing, because you know, <laughs> look, I'm a testament to what you're currently doing because yes. look, my back was killing me in that L4, L5 with that inflammation arthritis. And when you got done doing what you was doing, Look, I can jump up. I, I can reach my wide receiver vertical again. So, so, so look, I can attest to, to what you're doing. So, okay. so before we transition to that, though, I want to know, what is Jamarcus Webb's three keys to success for the 2023-2024 Chicago Bears to get on track and start being competitive and win some games? Like, what, what, what are you, at this juncture, after 0-3 start, what, what are three keys that you would recommend to get this thing back on, on on the rails to success? Um, I'm only going to go by experience, right? And by experience, I sat in a room. Uh, I sat in a room with a bunch of men that were very, very serious and very, very determined not to allow themselves not to or not not allow themselves to be the one in the room, in the locker room, on the field that allowed, you know, uh, that wasn't their best. Right. And so, <clears throat> you know, what's interesting is I wasn't even actually physically playing and active at the time. I had gotten hurt. I had tore my hamstring. And I was sitting in that room after fighting back to get back to playing. Um, at this particular time, the sixth week is when this meeting happened. Uh, and after that, every single week, you just you saw people flying around. You saw people connecting with one another. The more that they get in, in tune with themselves and, and, and their teammates, that belief that I described, it's like you, 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 they have to, it's like, it's, it's just like a play. <laughs> it's just like an offensive play. You have to do the play, wipe it clean, and then go to the next one with the, with the highest intensity. Right. Because if you, if you sit back and you think about that other stuff, that's going to, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to bring your whole your whole the road the rest of your game down, because right. as an offensive lineman you get sixty to seventy of those tries, and if right. you sit there and you, and you try and think about every single one of those things that you did not do right, it's like man, we can't enjoy the things that you do good well, <laughs> and so therefore we can't we can't take snapshots because that's exactly what these players do. They you know. As you're studying film, a coach says, you see that right there? You see what that looks like right there? That's us doing it phenomenally. Take a picture of that in your brain. That's what, you know, what was that called? Uh, uh, visualizing, right? Visualizing the wins, visualizing the attack, visualizing yourself in that position, doing it well. And execute it consistently. I like that. So, Jamal, let's take a couple minutes. Hey, let the audience know what you're currently doing. Also, leave them your, your website, your contact info, because, again, you got a testimony in me that what you're doing, it works. It works at a high level. So take a couple minutes to let the audience know what you're doing and give them your contact information. I appreciate it. Yes, yes. So 
Uh, the best way to be able to get a hold of me um, is my website, which is going to be jamarcusweb.com. It is without an apostrophe. You'll be able to just log on and, and see some of the, the few different pictures and info about me, but mainly my push in um, NFL flag football. Um, I'd like to, uh, you know, take some time right now to, to finish what I've started, and that is massage therapy school, uh, to become a licensed massage therapist and then take some of uh, those uh, principles and, and fundamentals and techniques uh, and present them in different ways uh, to not only corporate accounts, athletes, elderly communities, um, but also for veterans. And uh, uh, at some point, we'll get a chance to talk about that a little bit more. But uh, right now, you know, the you know, everything is, is, is slowly moving towards uh, our health being our wealth. And so it's a beautiful day. It's a great day. Look, your health is always your wealth. So look, with that, we're going to close. Marcus, you were phenomenal. Look, look forward to getting with you again in, in the near future. Keep doing great things, cracking backs, massaging those tendons and ligaments. And like I always say, bear down. Appreciate it.